is started time. Happy New Year's to everyone. May many blessings come to you in 2023. You're still a fucking asshole. And get off my lawn. If a 10 pound bag of shit could talk, this is what it would sound like. Hello, everybody. Two douche bags. One microphone. I am Mark. And I'm Tover. Uh, here we are at the city market. Our home base, if you will, pretty much. Our uh, favorite stomping grounds. Yes, yes. <laughs> Even though we had a lot of fun in Eureka Springs yes. and the uh, beef, uh, no, 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 pork rind festival. Mm-hmm. I say, almost said beef jerky. But. Yeah. I don't know if beef rinds would be the same as pork rinds. Mm. I think beef skin is not quite as tasty. Beef skin turns into leather. Pig skin turns into those yeah, tasty so, little so chicharrones. I guess, I guess the pork rinds of beef would be beef jerky. Kind of. Well, yeah. kind of. Well, it's not really dry. Or a pair of leather boots or something like that. Leather boots. That is it right there. Yes. So, it's New Year's. Yes, it is. It's it's brand new 2023 now. A whole new year that we can explore. Yeah. Hopefully do great things. Yeah. Lots of good road talk. Good remote broadcasts in the the future. Yes. Yeah. We have some stuff planned. We have some places to go and some places to see. uh, Yeah. Yeah. There's only a few places that have told us not to come back. So yeah, one of them was here, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it's wide open. We got lots of places that we can uh, invade your ear holes from. Yes, we are. Yeah, and that's what we do. <laughs> yes. So speaking of New Year's, um, I wish I'd been watching the CNN broadcast of New Year's because apparently it was a lot of fun, <laughs> but not in the ways they intended. Uh, last year, they all got drunk on the air, and it turned into a big fiasco. Yeah, Anderson Cooper no was practically drooling on himself, and yeah. He does anyhow, but well, whenever, yeah, he's, whenever he's drunk, he does it even more. Yeah. yeah. So this year, they uh, they all stayed sober and made a big point of saying so. Mm-hmm. But when the time came and the ball was dropping... Big old pats on the back. Yes. Yeah. Host Don Lemon made his way up on the stage, and he was cheesing with everyone and throwing Mardi Gras raw beads out. And you know what? Oh, he thought he was so cool. Yes. Oh, yeah. Midnight came and went while he was standing up there playing cheesing to the crowd. It, yeah. Uh-huh. And then when the... the reaction was priceless. Uh, yeah. <laughs> when the fireworks started going off, that's when he said, So y'all ready for this countdown? <laughs> And he didn't have the excuse of being drunk this time. He was stone cold sober and fucked it up. He's a no idiot anyhow. Anyone who's seen any of his broadcasts, you realize how horrible he actually is. And he doesn't have anything to say. And, you know, this is who they chose over people, you know, anybody who could do a halfway decent job and cost them maybe a tenth of the money. That's something that's worried about their image more than they're worried about their content. Absolutely. And that's how come they are no longer even looked at as a news organization. No. They're looked at as kind of like the uh, mentally handicapped little brother of a real news organization. Yes. Which we don't have that many of anymore. They're, they're kind of safe, non-threatening news for people with very weak 
weak constitutions who want happiness. And people just want to hear the same narrative over and over and not expand on anything or not know anything. This is like the watercoloring of the Picasso world. Yes. (laughs) Even the watercoloring can be very good. They're not the good ones either. They're the ones that people do with their Paul Sacks. Yeah. But, you know, if you want a photograph of something and somebody hands you an impressionist painting of it, you're like, no. It's in good enough. Yeah, exactly. But and that's what CNN does. They, they give you an abstraction yes. of what the reality is. And say, exactly. here you go. This is safe to think about. It's kind of hard to believe that Watch our sponsors. Time, they're the ones that made the, uh, the big three or four at Fox. Uh, I don't even think Fox is really out of crime. Maybe not they, much, yeah, no. Not much. But they're the ones that made the other ones more honest at first. Because I remember was, that. CNN was stood for cable news, news network. network. And, and then they were little bitty and they were getting in there on a hard drive. And mm-hmm. they had people that were relentless that used to go in there and like yep. kind of missile towards everything. The dig for stories, you know, and the headline news was the same way. Yes. But anymore, I mean, that's what made a lot of the local and national news really have to, as you said, clean up their act and get more yeah, serious. Yeah, they had to get more serious instead of going to fluff yeah. pieces and the big smiles. Yeah. But it didn't take long. They dragged them down to everyone else's level. They realized, you know what? It's so much easier to make money down here in the fluff area. However, we will see because the new, uh, I think it's a lady, the new CEO or CEO, I think CEO of uh, of CNN promises Uh they're going to be the first non-biased how it is for actual news agency coming up. I hope so. so. Uh, you know, I wish them luck. I would really like to see that. I, I would too. I give them about because a 15% like, chance of succeeding because the money's going to be too good to go back to slanted and biased news. Yeah, exactly. And, and I'm the biggest, I don't have a stake in either game there is. Because yeah. I see the evils of all of it. Yes. And I don't like any of them. And I don't like any of them a little bit more than the other. I just like all of it. All the fake is that they're doing the grab yes. money, money grab on each side. I, I so, think the only way to describe my political leanings is if you're a politician, I don't like you. Exactly. Same here. And it doesn't matter which side. I no. think that they've both been bought and paid for mm-hmm. in the shows more than ever in today's society. The, uh, the profession of politician, I view the same as pimp. Yes. Yeah. And I don't mean that as, you know, a wild exaggeration. I mean well, that actually, actually literally. Make a more honest living because they actually give something <laughs> yeah. for money. Yeah, imagine a pimp that promises a girl and they never show up. Yeah, that's But they the take your money anyway. That's the government. Yes, that's the government version. Uh, you like this one? You like Julia? All right. <laughs> uh, go into number three over there and she'll be there in a minute. And she doesn't show up. That's a politician. Then they kick your ass out on the street. Yeah, they're like, get out of here. <laughs> what you're doing is wrong and unethical. And you got to pay more to stay. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like you, I don't, I don't like one side, and there are more than two sides. And we should, you know, be, and I think it shows, and also the feedback that I'm getting from our listeners, no. and, and like I said, the very, the very nice guy that uh, in Japan, I've been talking to him back and forth a little bit, mm-hmm. and ordered the filthy bean products and put in really, I mean, he really did said some. Uh, some really nice things, very complimentary things, yeah. and um, very honest things. And it really, it, it was really good. It's stuff that we tried to do. So, um, 
anyhow, like I said, I mean, from what I'm getting the feedback from people is we're doing exactly what we wanted to do, and that is just we, you know, we make fun of politics. We don't jump on and join in. No, no, we're happy to make fun of all sides. All of them, yes. yes. Not all, just both sides, all and sides. We're happy to point out the evils <laughs> of all of them. Yes. So, yes. anyhow, uh, Topher here had some. Uh, some interesting things. Uh, well, you know, I always tend to think about music since, you know, I'm born to be a musician. So I started you know, thinking. And honestly, that's how come I don't go into music as much as I want to. No. It's because you do that for me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and that, it's great. So it allows me to concentrate on other stuff because I'm like you. Music is everything. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's my everything. Yeah. So anyhow, go ahead. Yeah, my, my sense of hearing is the is the is my sense that I will protect the most. Me too. You know, I can I can do without sense of taste or, or you know I can even do without sight, but if I can't hear music, uh, that's pretty miserable. Uh, that would be miserable. But I started thinking if I were to go completely deaf, what bands would I still want to go see live? Just for the visual I, aspect. I, I love this question. Yeah. And I've, um, in the little time that you let me know about it here, mm -hmm. I've come up with some definite answers. Yeah. You see, because sometimes whenever we get a spur of the moment thing, we'll text each other. Like, uh, you know, like uh, I got the spur of the moment, the uh, closeted ass eaters. Yes. And, and, so, and we'll get into that a little bit later on. But <laughs> this what he said to me this morning. It all said, I'm like, I started crumpling up some stuff. Well, I think number one would have for me would have to be Alice Cooper because I'm a major Alice Cooper fan, and and the live show and spectacle would still bring me a lot of joy, even if I couldn't hear the music. I could not agree more, but yeah. I'm going to shut up through all this. No, no, yeah. Um. And I think Kiss would be another good one. I think the visual spectacle there is very good. Um, and you know, I started. Oh, I've got one question. Oh yeah, yeah. Is this living and dead? You know, it's gonna have to be, because, because I started I running out of bands. I really yeah. want to see. Yeah, so because I came with Pink Floyd, and you're not gonna see Pink Floyd perform live again. But well, I mean, essentially they're dead. I mean, yeah. yeah. I mean, the version that that is popular. I mean, and the other versions definitely. Dead. Yeah. So, I think. Gilmore and Waters are still alive, but the keyboardist died a few years back, and then the drummer died recently, Nick yeah. Mason. Yeah. Um, damn, I wonder who got all of his cars. He collected really fast cars. Oh, I remember that. There, yes. There was a Access or a &E or something. He had uh, a, a special on his cars like at one time. Oh my gosh, yeah. It's funny, for a drummer who played slow his entire career, he loved fast cars. To me, it's kind of like a counteract to the way he played. Yeah. Like, you know, this is the way I play, but when I get in a car. Yeah. So, yeah, Pink Floyd would definitely be one of the visual ones. For Pink ones. Floyd, he was a likable guy. Because most people think they're not. Yeah, yeah, they're kind of grumpy, brooding guys. Uh, Emerson, Lake, and Palmer. I they see uh, that. I they see went that. broke putting on a, on a show. I want to go see the show that, that they went broke putting on. <laughs> they even wrote their songs to temper, to, in my opinion. They wrote their songs to temper what they do live. Yeah. It didn't hurt the songs. They were great. Yeah. But you can see how they could, like, uh, um. And now, a brand new feature. Strange insults from an alien. May you always step in a wet spot 
after putting on fresh socks. Manipulate the light show and the sound yeah. of percussion yeah. to their songs. Yeah, when you got the album, you kind of realized, okay, this is a soundtrack for the live show. Mm -hmm. So, you know, other other acts, it's like, you know, here's the music, it stands on its own, and then we'll try to create it live. But other acts, it was like, you know, we're going to come play live, and here's what you're going to hear. But when you see us live, it's the full show. And that's, that's kind of who I was leaning towards. ELO. Electric Light Orchestra. No, that makes sense too. Always, also was pretty visually stunning. But then I, you know, I really ran out of modern ads, uh, and I started had to start going to the to the older ones. Um, well, I think you'd have to. Yeah. Because I mean, there's a lot of acts now that put on a show that I don't necessarily want to go see, like Ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're interesting, but I saw them once. I feel like that's all I need to. Yeah, yeah, there's some bands like that. Yeah, you know, it's like, okay, I got it. Don't need to see it again. What's the other one that uh, does the uh, theatrical? They grew up on the Kiss. Uh, is it Chevelle or something like that? <coughs> oh, yeah, Chevelle. Yeah, I don't need to see them either. Yeah, yeah. Just kinda... not my time. Or Slipknot. Yeah. I saw Slipknot twice. Mm -hmm. I don't need to see their show again because I feel it's not refreshed enough. Yeah. Unless yeah. I'm completely wrong and missed something in the last 10 years or five years or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Probably and, 10 years. And, you know, I, I started thinking about some bands that I've seen um, their live performance videos on TV, and then I think now if the sound was down, would I still enjoy this show? And for a lot of them, I'd That's say, funny you do that, no, I don't think I'd really enjoy the show if the sound was down. Watch Kiss in the residency mm -hmm. in Vegas uh, on uh, Access TV uh -huh. the other night, and then a little bit this morning yeah. because... Uh, because I mean, oh no, we came over. Yeah, we went out. To, yeah, that's right. We came over New Year's Eve. Uh -huh. Okay, we went out to eat and then we came over. So uh, anyhow, I had to interrupt it because it's New Year's Eve. They were showing. Yeah. And uh, anyhow, yeah. So I came back and watched a little bit of it, a little bit, a uh, little bit of it this morning. Still enjoyed it. And I was thinking that too. Turn the sound down. Well, actually, we don't want to text me by that. So that's why I got it. Yeah. I was getting ready to say actually I did that before too. But, uh, I think I've always thought like that, though, too, if you couldn't hear it, whether mm -hmm. you'd like it or not. So, yeah. 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 But, but uh, anyhow, did you have more? No, I was going to let you go. Then I had a, a little uh, uh, a side version of uh, bands that you wouldn't go see live if you couldn't see. So their live performance oh, okay. musically isn't enough to make you... Yes. Okay, and I've got a lot of bands yeah. like that, too. They just don't do it. Yeah, you'd rather hear the album than hear it live. Okay. If you, if you couldn't see it. So, so Jimmy, anyway. Jimi Hendrix. Oh, yes. The Jimi Hendrix show would Look, definitely I, stand I on his visuals his guitar because his guitar was so extraordinary. Mm. And so interesting and so weird and so dynamic. Yeah. But I think just seeing the guy on stage mm. and seeing him play that guitar... Uh, Right-handed, left-handed. The bass strings up, if you will. No, the bass strings down, if you will. I forget how he played it. He played it upside down. Yeah. Because everyone else is like restringing and doing this stuff to improvise. He's like, nah, still like this. Yeah. And in fact, Fender sells a Jimi Hendrix version, which is flipped over, looks upside down, but is strung correctly. But is strung correctly. Yeah. So, you know, uh, and I bet you he died five years earlier, too, because he was left-handed, not because of drugs. Yeah, he's a yeah. member of the 27 
club. He oh, died he at age 27. That's right. Yep. So uh, anyhow, Hendrix was one of the ones that I Definitely. really was like, you know, I would really love to see them. Yeah. Another one, just because of didn't know what you were going to get, would have probably been Janice Joplin. Oh, yeah. And, and she didn't do anything extraordinary. She would have had the stage presence to really captivate. Yes. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, another one would be Black Sabbath. Mm, yeah. And just because Tony Iommi and his playing in Sabbath is weary and, and his, uh, uh, just, I mean, not just Ozzy, you know, Ozzy was kind of quirky and kind of clapped and moved his head a lot. He yep. really didn't, he had stage presence, but not like he did when he went on later on, in which Ozzy is one of the ones that I would definitely see with no sound, too. Yeah. So, but... Him and Sabbath, I think I would like to see. And I would like to see Ronnie James Dio. Mm. Sound or no sound. Because, uh, number one, uh, just the sheer power of what he did on stage yeah. wasn't necessarily just the music or his voice. Mm. It was also his stage presence, his anger, his boldness, and also the stage show. He had a lot oh, of yeah. dragons and pyramids. All of that helps set the atmosphere and the mood. Yeah. Makes you more uh, receptive and, to the attitude yeah. they're putting out. Yeah. And, and I would love to see Sabbath with Dio, yeah. and also Dio on his own. Sabbath with Ozzy. With Ozzy mm-hmm. on his own. Yeah. Alice Cooper, like you. Yes. Like you. Van Halen with David Lee. I was getting ready to go into Van Halen yeah. with David Lee Roth. Yeah. I saw them, unfortunately, well, no, I didn't see them with David Lee Roth, actually. It was way after the fact. Uh, Eddie was still good. David's voice was not so good. And he kind of looked like Skeletor, but I mean, he still, yeah, yeah, he kind of did. Yeah. He still put on a show, but nothing like they would have been in the late 70s, early 80s. Yeah. And I saw them with Van Halen, and to me, they should have been on the beach playing, even with Eddie's genius. Mm-hmm. I mean, Sammy Hagar was kind of, I don't know. To me, he was never one of the front, red, front men that really did it. He's too laid back. Yeah. You know, he's, you can tell he wants to have a good time. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you got to set that aside. Like harder-edged Jimmy Buffett. Yeah, I could see. Yeah, he's like he's what Guy Fieri wants to grow up to be. Yes. <laughs> so, to me, it didn't do. Uh, yeah. With with him, it didn't do it. Um, yeah. Let's see what else. Uh, there's other bands that I would love to see. I would love to see Elvis. Without sound, just to see his spectacle. Yeah. His stage presence. I could have done without the Beatles because I don't think they did anything on stage that was remarkable. They no, just kind of no, stood I there. Would, I was gonna, yeah, they would have been the most boring yes. to see. Another one would have been Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Because obviously, if you've seen anything that they got ever done, yeah. Uh, yeah. It would have been something that you'd want to see in Prince. Yeah. Would have been another one. Definitely. Uh, there's many more, and I'll probably write them out. Let's take a run at this later. Yeah, yeah, we'll and, take another shot at this. Yeah, but I love a subject that is so, so Makes you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I was going to think about, you know, their bands and that I've gone to. actually, Motley Crue, you may want to see them without sound, and they might be better. Yeah, that's possible. <laughs> 
Um, there are some acts <clears throat> that I've gone out to see live and I thought, wow, this is boring as hell. Um, either because they just stand there or because the song, the, the music is lackluster or sometimes it sounds just exactly like the record and yes. it's like, what's the point? Yes. Um, the Cars is one of those. Yeah, very sterile. Yeah. The Cars was one of those. I saw them after their second album came out. Uh, maybe it was their first. They were at a summer jam at Arrowhead Stadium. Boring. They stood there, did nothing, hardly moved, uh, no light show. Just It's just five guys on stage knocking out some tunes. And they sounded pretty close to the record, so it was like, wow, I could have just listened to the record. I've got two of them that fit that Another one is Fog Hat. That's an older band. And they're a, yeah, they're they're a blues he's the band. only guy that was alive, and I think he's dead now. But they're <laughs> yeah. still playing. Um, but I saw them back when uh, it was a couple years after Fool for the City, and they're still fairly popular. But their live set was everything was too fast. Everything sounded muddy and all the same volume, and every song sounded the same as far as instruments. You know, the guitar on every song you know, sounded exactly the, the same. Yeah. It's like they never changed a knob the whole set. You know, there were no slow ballad ones, you know, no fast, you know, everything was about the same tempo and same 12 bar blues, and it was just like snooze fast. It was... And they're supposedly one of the... the most uh, bands that plays live most frequently throughout their career, and they're always playing live. I'll tell you why. Just around Kansas City, Mm -hmm. does everybody know where Carney's at? That listens, we have a lot of listeners locally, of course. Uh, Carney, they played at like some amphitheater in Carney, Uh and they played at some amphitheater at least some Legacy Park. I used to go work out there. Oh, wow. Yeah. Then they played, um, was it the Roots Festival in Paola? Mm-hmm. Which is about an hour to the south. Then uh, they played a little bit further so, to the like south the after that. Might have been Pittsburgh, Kansas, or, but that's not really a Kansas City area. But, yeah. but anyhow, just at that time they played Topeka and they played Kansas City proper. This is all within a year, so I could see that. Yeah. You see, all they're doing is they're like one of these little thousand seat amphitheaters selling like 600 tickets. Mm-hmm. They sell beer and merch and they make a little bit of money and then they just drive down to uh, uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas and yep. drive back up to uh, the Roots Festival and uh, Payola. You know, I mean, they're like they're like cherry picking all these places. Like they, yeah. might, they might be around Kansas city for two weeks. Yeah. And they don't have to make a bunch with every show. Cause no, they're all going to add up. Yeah. They're kind of capitalizing on people not having anything to do. Yeah. This is during the summer. And they're, there's just like really, Hey, you want to just go see a concert for like 10 bucks? You know, mm-hmm. this is what's left to fog at, you know, or whatever. So, yeah. So I could see them being one of the most live. Yeah. Pretty, pretty, and they were pretty boring. Uh, Huey Lewis in the news. Yeah, I saw him at Starlight. That was it was really boring. It was like listening to the radio. Mm-hmm. You know, there again, you know, they had lights. You know, they were dressed nicely, but they just kind of stood there. And they had their their goofy little sidestep moves that they practiced and did at every show. And you could tell that. They really didn't put much effort into the choreography, and it was just like, y'all. Well, there's bands out there that you can tell they've done the same thing so much that they don't even know where they're at or care. Yeah. They just look on the back of their guitar. Where are we now? Oh, Dallas. Okay. 
Yeah. If I if I was a dick and was getting ready to quit the band, I'd be writing the wrong one there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's happened on more than one occasion. Thank you, Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a lot of you can look it up on YouTube. Yeah. And then they show the crowd reaction and all that stuff. Yeah, of course, living here in Kansas City, we've had a million people come and say, thank you, Kansas. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because you can tell more Missouri people when or whatever. Yeah. Right now. It's okay if you say thank you, Kansas, but then you have to say thank you, Missouri, right after it, too. Yeah. yeah. Best thing to do is just blanket it with Kansas City. Yeah. Don't have, don't have another, say, wherever you're at, yeah. in Kansas City, thank you. Yeah. And leave it at that. Yeah. yeah, you're better off with the city name and not the state. Exactly. So, um, I've got a Steely Dan. Oh, yeah. They are as sterile as it gets because that, they sound yeah. so good, I don't think they can move. No. I think they got to be stationary to sound that good. And I don't think they really care much about live performance. No, they're they're more about sitting in the studio and crank out oh, these yeah. amazing records. In the records. brass section, and they're all sterile. They're all in the same yeah. They have a big brass section with Steely Dan, and they're all over there just doing that stuff, and it's sterile. Yeah. Yeah. And another one is the Eagles. Oh, wow. That you pay $700 oh, for yeah. a nosebleed. They are sterile as hell. I have seen some concert videos of the Eagles, and yeah, they just stand there. Yeah. Joe Walsh was kind of the one that moved around the most, and he really didn't do much. No, I know. And well, and then after he left, I mean, then it really got boring. Oh yeah. So, yeah. Let's see. There's a lot of other examples of kind of think of. Geez, there's so many of them. I know you're trying to do bands that just you sat there and you went, wow. Phoning, phoning it in, aren't we, guys? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, look, if you guys don't want to be here, that's fine. Yeah. Don't charge me an outrageous price to not want to be here. Mm-hmm. Either it still excites you and turns you on, or it doesn't. Yeah. And if it doesn't, that's fine. Go live off your mailbox money or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, anyhow, uh, you got anything to add? Well, anything? I think that was about it for the band. So I did. I did manage to come up with some more some more uses for decaf coffee. Oh, besides some trash. Well, yeah. I mean, of course, that's the first one is you know decaf coffee is really good for helping to rinse the kale down your garbage disposal. Yes. Yeah. Um, I had that down for the only use. Evidently. Well, you know, if you pour decaf all over the windshield of your car, you can melt the ice off. Really? If you don't, if you don't want to scrape. Yeah, just you know, brew up some decaf and pour that over the windshield to melt the ice away. I think I'm going to do that when it turns winter. Uh, decaf coffee is actually a very effective roach repellent. Really? Yeah, spray some decaf around the edges of your baseboards and house. Man, roaches See, even roaches gone. know it's bullshit. Yep, absolutely. They go up and are like, hey, hey, let's <laughs> have regular de- ass <laughs> fucking decaf. Get out of here. <laughs> Don't bother with this house, Go man. back to the garage. <laughs> Um, if you've got some guests at your house and you want them to go away, serve decaf. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah. yeah. So just keep it on hand to serve to people to make them get the hell out of your house so you can go to bed. Yeah, and if they say something to you, <laughs> if they say something to you about, like, don't you have regular, don't, have you read about the evils of the, how the decaf <laughs> Now, if one of these guests actually likes decaf coffee, then you know who not to invite oh, no, back next time. you kick them out immediately. As yeah. soon as they put that word out there, like, oh, I love decaf yeah, yeah. Even and then, the half you know, and halfers. Never, never invite them back. So obviously, no, they have brain damage. Oh, they can't be. They can't be trusted. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. gotta go check their hard drive. I say. 
Uh, decaf is also very good as a prop for movies and TV because they don't want the people actually drinking the coffee anyway. So they fill their cups with decaf. That way they know they're never going to drink it. So the level remains the same, you know, throughout the shot. So it doesn't look. That's a great idea. Yeah, have you ever seen those one of those shots where you know in the beginning of the scene the cup is half empty and then the later in the scene's full and then it's empty again and then it's full. See, this way, you know, the actor was actually drinking the coffee. Give them decaf, they won't touch the shit. <laughs> and then uh, the final one I had written down is, uh, it's better than, than pepper as a self-defense spray. So forget about pepper spray. Just whip out a can of aerosolized decaf. Your attacker will run, run, and they won't stop running until they find a shower and get that stuff off. It scared me, just like Yeah. I could not imagine just like walking up from something pulling out a, uh, a weaponized can of decaf. Yeah. Imagine if you accidentally had your mouth open and some of that decaf coffee oh actually oh. got into your mouth. Oh. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. It just kind of makes me ill thinking about it. It's hard to believe we live in a world where that could happen. Yeah. I, it, it, it's, it's a shame that they sell decaf openly on store shelves where children can see it. Oh, that's always bothered me. I thought it should have been locked up and put somewhere and, and only taken out. I mean, you know, set out the condoms and the dildos, but hide the decaf. The children don't need to see that shit. They don't need to see that. Everything else they can go ahead and find out exists. But decaf coffee, come on. Let's have a little... Uh, a don't little, ruin their childhood. Yeah. They have somewhat of a childhood before they have to be forced to look at something like decaf. If you enjoy Two Douchebags and a Microphone, you'll definitely enjoy a shovel to the head. For the makers of Who Bit My Asshole board game and guess whose discharge kit comes? Two douch bags and a microphone action figures. Each action figure comes with three free mullets, a bag of flaming hot Cheetos and a box of antibiotics. Collect both and watch your neighbors move. Act now and get a free at home taint piercing kit. That's right, free, free taint piercing, piercing kit. kit. New from Gisbro. Yeah, anyway, so and a little chuckle over decaf. Well, and also here's another thing too: is like if someone's on death row and they ask for the last cup of coffee, oh, and they're really heinous and what they did, mm. give them decaf. Yeah. Of course, and lie to them. Tell them it's real. You could also give them decaf coffee as a means of execution. Well, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Is then you tell them it was decaf after, and then yeah, they're probably just, just going to die themselves. Yeah, they're going to be yeah. like, oh my God, you guys, that you don't have to do anything. Brutal. I'm killing myself right now. Shutting it down. No gas chamber, no lethal injection. Just serve them a cup of Sanka yeah. or Taster's Choice. Yeah. Instant decaf. Yeah, you if wanna, that doesn't kill them, they'll kill themselves. Now, like, let's say there's a flash mob, a crowd of people getting ready mm -hmm. to destroy a building or looters. Oh, yeah. Decaf coffee around all the bases. Like, yeah. They should have used that on the January 6th insurrection. Yes. They just started pouring decaf, decaf coffee. coffee from the roof of the Capitol building. That they would have dispersed them all. Oh, my God. People would have been, like, on the ground crying, vomiting. First thing you run into, you know, is that a crime against humanity? Because that's what? pretty right. cruel and unusual. Because whoever done that would have probably been brought up in charges. Yeah. Because they'd been like, well, so let's see, you're trying to overthrow the government. Yeah. Well, he threw decaf on it. Definitely. Dismissed. Definitely. Dismissed. Yeah. 
Yeah. Would you like to counter? You know, I mean, read the charges out and see he kidnapped three children, he raped a school teacher, he blew up a school bus. Okay, well, we'll set bail at 50000 and you serve decap. Oh, remand. No, no bail. Nope, no, none at all. No. Or, Let's get this animal off the streets. What did this animal do? You killed three uh, preschoolers. He ate their flesh, and then he went to a cat um, rescue, and he, and he flamethrowed the whole thing up. And what, what's your defense? They threw decap on him. Let him go. Yep. Yeah. Justifiable rage. Justifiable, yes. Yes. So, anyhow, I, you know what? Those are probably about the only, yeah. only uses for decap. Yeah. And if there's any more... Feel free to write the show. Yeah, yeah. Send in all your extra uses for the cat. Write them on the back of a $20 bill. Yeah, yes. And send it to the show. (laughs) I'm going to say 100 because why 100? I'm going to do Robert Tilton. Why 100? Because God wants you in your sentence. Yes. Or how about a thousand? Yeah. You must write your comment on a thousand dollar bill and send it in to two douchebags or microphone. Yep. And, and why, why a thousand? Because God needs to know you're serious. And like Robert Tilton said, you know, God was an American and used American currency, so don't send in none of them pesos or rubles or rupees. Yeah, yeah. Or, it's none of them because. Nope. Uh, yeah, he doesn't love them as much. So no. he's not as worth yeah. That's the actual American currency. Yeah, yeah. Even though that didn't exist <laughs> back when the Bible was written. Yeah. But still, I mean, you know, Robert Tilton said that I'm just going to go ahead and go with it. I think Robert Tilton's one of those guys that should be strapped down and have a stream of decap running over his forehead. Is he even alive anymore? Probably. Creeps like that tend to live a long time. Cockroaches don't die. Yeah. You need one of those little sharp toed boots to squish him in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> oh. And if you don't know what we're talking about, just look at fucking evil piece of shit. Yes. Oh, my God. Imagine. God, I remember one night I'm sitting there and this is a. Couldn't afford cable or something. Back in the, I don't know, I was still fucking doing restaurant work or something. Yeah. Anyhow, I didn't have cable for some reason or not. There's nothing on TV. And I went to a Robert Tilton trance because he used to be on late at night and he'd be a pay for it. Yeah. He'd pay to be on TV to get all the rooms and the idiots to give them give him money. Yeah. I've seen her watch him and he goes, Should you give a dollar? Five dollars? hundred dollars? Thousand? You better give a thousand. Why a thousand? Because I need to make sure you're serious about going to hell. You're listening. I don't know you're serious. And I'm just sitting there going, people actually fucking do this? Uh-huh. Well, of course they do. Why else would he pay to be on TV? Yeah. Yeah. He'd lose and, and money, he wouldn't be there. I mean, he his face changed like the face of Satan. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, you ever seen The Exorcist? It's got nothing oh, on Robert Tilton. No, his face goes through all sorts of changes. Yeah. And then he starts speaking Give me money. I remember uh, delivering some of his uh, propaganda mail. To people when I worked as a as a letter carrier, oh, these big sorry. thick packets with his face on the cover, and a little vial of special sanctified water, a little piece of cloth. <laughs> They're supposed to you know anoint themselves with the water and then hold the cloth and say these special prayers and then of course send in more money. Of course, yeah. yeah. Because if you want God expedited, you got to send in more money to Robert Tilton. Yeah. And some of the houses I was delivering these letters to, man, these people didn't have. A thousand dollars. They didn't have five. 
five bucks from the state their house was in. They had nothing. And Tilton is trying to get every last scrap of penny they have from them before they die. This kind of sleazebag he was. Yeah, the people who use God to advance their greed, let's hope that Satan has some special punishment for them. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, and let's hope that they never find absolution before they die. <laughs> yeah. you, you go down there and yes. burn for all that shit, man. Yeah. <laughs> and then another thing is, is all the people you ripped off get to do whatever. Yeah. Wouldn't that be great? You're like, oh, oh, hey, 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 Miss Jones, come here. Here he is right here. How much money do you get from you? Do whatever you want. <laughs> the baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. Oh, yeah. Dipped yeah. in raw soup. Well, he's burning in hell. <laughs> Anyways, on a lighter note. Oh, okay. So here you want a lighter note? I got yes. a lighter Yes, let's go for lighter notes. Okay. Well, this is uh, Marvis, Marvin Harrison of London was getting into the holiday spirit while watching The Santa Claus. Oh, I remember that, that show. cute little show. It yeah. was a guy from... Uh, uh, Tim Allen, wasn't it? Yeah, Tim Allen from... Yeah. Uh, Home Improvement. Home Improvement, that yeah. was it, yeah. Tool time. Well, suddenly he receives a text message from his doctor's office diagnosing him with aggressive lung cancer. Oh. So imagine that. There you are watching Tool Time, Tim Allen, and the Santa Claus. Funny, cute movie. Good. I'm going to really enjoy Christmas this year. Can you get a text saying you have aggressive lung cancer? Text, man. Oh. That's oh. He sat there in shock until he was able to show his mom, right? Yeah. So he's like, Mom, I got something to tell you. This is horrible. Who also received the same text message. Oh, no. From an NHS no-reply number. National Health Service. Yes. Yep. So National Health Service of England offers general practitioner services at at uh, both Marvin and his mom's doctor's office. After realizing that other people received the same text, he believed that maybe it was some hacker's sick joke. Uh, no, it wasn't. No. About 20 minutes later, he and his mom received a follow-up text offering them a sincere apology for the epic screw-up and wishing them a Merry Christmas. <laughs> His mother quipped that in 40 years of dealing with the same health system, she never got a Merry Christmas from him before. <laughs> <laughs> so neither one of them had cancer. Neither one of them did. Oh my gosh. And both of them received the same... Uh, I wonder, wonder how many of those texts went out. Uh, it sounds to me like thousands. Yeah. Thousands. Oh, man. Yeah, and I've got another story here about the health system. So if you ever think that we want to do nationalized health care, maybe you ought to think again. Yeah. Because... Uh, uh, there's another epic script from England. Yeah. A lab blunder saw a thousand COVID-19 cases reported incorrectly. It could have led to deaths of at least 20 people, according to the West of this. Oh, wow. There at the Wolverhampton lab, uh, meant that around 39,000 PCR tests were reported as negative, but it should have been positive. The incident happened between September 2nd and October 12th of last year. As a result, many people did not see treatment or isolate. Wow. All these cases were in southwest England. 
Yeah, we do not want their health system, right? You know, this this reminds me of a, a health story I heard. This is probably about 10, 12 years ago. And I believe it was a Boston hospital. Um, for a week or two or three, the surgeons were complaining that their surgical instruments were coming out of the sterilizer kind of oily and with this film on them that they had to wipe off. And the incidence of post-op infection started going up dramatically. And no one could figure out what the hell was wrong. This went on for weeks before someone thought to check the fluid they were putting in the sterilizing machines. And they tracked it down, and what they found was they uh, in the basement storage area of the hospital, they had these large buckets uh, of the sterilizing fluid that they purchased, and they'd come in and they'd store them down there. They even left the empties down there for some reason. An elevator company came in to service the elevator, it drained the hydraulic fluid out of the elevator and didn't know anywhere to put it. They used some of those empty buckets of sterilizing fluid. Oh, and then they didn't take it with them when they left. And they left them behind. So people thought it was sterilizing fluid. And they were dumping elevator hydraulic fluid into the sterilizer. How many people did that kill? Uh, I think two. And it made about 17 more really sick. Wow. Oh my god, that's insane. Yeah. And, and what struck me, and what struck the reporter too, is this went on for weeks, and no one thought to do anything about it except complain. That's very disturbing. Where yeah. did this happen at? I think it was a Boston hospital, area hospital. It was in the U.S. It was in the U.S. Definitely in the U.S., yes. Weeks. <laughs> that's insane. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. That scared the hell out of me when I heard that. I was like, damn, they can make a mistake like that. It doesn't seem uh, possible in America, but yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, and, they, they say, well, it says that's what it is on the outside, so I'm just going to believe that's what it is on the inside of the container. And, and I know you can't compare getting a fast food burger to brain surgery or nothing like that, but if you want to see how bad health, or, uh, not health, but uh, health in general has went down, yeah. go to any restaurant, not even fast food, any restaurant, and see how well you get served. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the basic. That's just ordinary people there, brought up young, you know, trying to get a established for school and stuff. Well, I mean, it's just impossible to get help, so that parlays out into the medical field. Yeah, everybody's short. No drive-thru for over a month and a half because they don't have the help. And then I always see the guy, the the actual pharmacist, is actually bagging everything up, too, besides divvying it out. Yeah, it used to be like the pharmacist just divvied it out. They had a clerk to do the yeah, the clerk was like yeah. put your you know put your name all that. So mm-hmm. so anyhow, uh, but you know all those people are working somewhere because unemployment's still way down. I know, I know. It's just they're not working those jobs. They've got a job somewhere. I know. I, that's one of the great mysteries to me is is that right there about. Yeah. Where actually are all these people working? Because I, I, I wonder how many of them are just don't report it. And you know, some of them may have found cheaper ways to live, so they don't need as much income. But I think it's a, it's a. I, I see it as a clear message to employers that it's time for a reset in the way they handle their employees, the way they deal with them, the way they treat them. 
is happening. Because yes, they don't want to work for the, all these places. They don't want that job for that amount of money. Yeah, and they're not going to do it. it yeah. It just comes to a head. It's like, we're not going to be miserable working under you under those circumstances. Yeah. We'll find another way to get it done. And they have been. Yeah, yeah. So. And you're, you have people who say, I'd rather live at a lower standard of living and, and be happy than to work here, have the money I want, but have to, you know, suffer yeah, through this crap. What they did is a way the scale. They're like, you know what, I'll be happier cooler. Uh-huh. Yeah, when they used to in the 70s, 80s, and uh, 90s, and even into the 2000s, yeah. was um, the more money you made, the more happy you were. That was always the great idea of it. Was yeah. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, well, once I start making that kind of money, I can do anything and not have to worry about anything. But rarely did it work out like that. No, the employers were the ones selling that lie because yeah. they just want to work hard, harder. But yeah. and also um, Congress and yeah. politicians also sell that lie. I'm gonna yeah. make you a better person because I'm gonna save your taxes and we're gonna make sure that there's a chicken in every pot. We're gonna make sure that every time you do anything, someone's gonna be there giving you an ass massage and telling you thank you. You know. Yeah, and the idea of working so hard that when you retire, you're exhausted and broken and can't do anything, and then you die, that doesn't serve you. That serves the people you worked for. <laughs> now, what was it? Was it the illustrator one of these meetings where the guy says, you call me crazy because I'm out on the street and don't have a job, and then you know what my definition of crazy is? You. You go to work every every day of your life, miss vacations, miss uh, kids, everything, and, uh, and then you end up dying cancer two days before you get in retirement and you get to go to Cancun. Yeah. I, I can't remember. It was like something along those lines. Yeah. Do you remember what movie that was? That sounded like it was Wall Street. Yeah, and anyhow, it was like really profound. It's like, wow. Mm -hmm. And to think you're doing all that to make other people wealthy. Yeah, but it's again, it's sold, they sold the idea. If you do all this, you're going to live another 20 years. And yeah. You're going to be able to walk fine. And you're going to be happy. And everything's just going to be fucking... Just uh, big Valentines everywhere once you retire. Yeah, and they convince you to be happy with like five to ten percent of the money that you just helped earn. You, that's how much you get. It's just that little tiny. Like, your bosses get all the rest, and they didn't do shit. Okay, uh, here I can put this in perspective too, and it really made me think. So uh, I was part of a, a union for a long time, a sheet metal union around Kansas City here in the International. And what I used to do iron work, basically, is what it was. It's under the umbrella of iron work and blazer work. We put up glass railings, posts. All this stuff is under the umbrella of iron work, basically. Yeah. So around Kansas City, that type of niche work would be in the sheet metal union. So anyhow, I every month they send you because I'm part of the, you know, I'm not active anymore and do a different line of work uh -huh. uh, by choice because I had a chance to get back into what I was doing a few times and no I don't want to do that anymore especially all the traveling that required and all that but okay True. Um, they send you this book every month hey you know she metal digest I, I forgot what it's called but the International Association sends it to you because you're a member yeah 
And then on the back they have lyrics for those that are fun. And I got to reading. Most of them were like 60, 57, 62. None of them hit their retirement. And that's because these people are doing this heavy fucking work and breathing in these bad fumes, having a hard life. I'm like thinking, what the hell? And that was really profound. Looking at this, I'm like, all these people just got dead way before their retirement. Yeah. Most of them, I know there's a lot of members in the international, but man, it's like a huge amount of people never made their retirement go back. Occasionally you get one that was 80 or 75 or something, but a majority of them were like 50 or 60. Amazing. Yeah. So, right there, that speaks it right there. Yeah, there's there's no way to to dodge that one. (laughs) It's pretty evident. Yeah. So, <laughs> wow. And here's, here's an even lighter one. Okay. A woman has filed a lawsuit against Aerosmith's lead singer, Steven Tyler, alleging sexual assault. Oh. Okay, I'm kidding. It wasn't lighter. <laughs> and coercion of an abortion and involuntary infamy for 19 months. It was a while ago, then. Yeah, it was. Uh, when she was a minor and he was in his mid-20s, Attorneys of Ju- Julia Misley, formerly known as Julia Holcomb, filed the lawsuit under the California Child's Victim Act, which allows survivors of the civil cases to a three-year look back. And for three years, they can look back and, and explore okay, yeah. this and file a survey. The window ends Saturday, which was last Saturday. And like we were talking, you know, that you got... Uh, you got Ron DeSantis over in uh, Florida being the conservative, you know, and he's going to be the rock star. Yeah, yeah, the rock star. He didn't shut Florida down. He looks great. And mm-hmm. The numbers aren't that, you know, you know, and the, their economy's bustling because he didn't shut it down. So he's over there with a big smile. Yeah. And he's posturing. We have Governor Newsom over there in California. Yeah. Posturing for his work. Yeah, positioning um, for the yeah. Uh, nomination. Yeah, and this is his, one of his attempts of looking adult. Yeah. And which I do agree with, it. I think it's great. Because a lot of the times, memories get repressed and come back later. Yes. Yeah, so and he sometimes after said, the statute of limitations. Yeah. yeah, he simply yeah. said, you have three years to figure this out, and this is civil only. Yeah. This is not criminal. Yeah. So, in a statement that complaint alleged that Tyler took Missley into a hotel room and performed various acts of criminal sexual misconduct upon that upon her that night. The complaint also alleges that Tyler purchased a plane ticket for Missley to join him in Seattle for the band's next show. Well, yeah. Cross state lines, that makes it federal. She uh, alleged uh, that uh, he uh, abused her after that show also. The suit also says that Tyler convinced Missley's mother to sign over custody or guarding guardianship of uh, her daughter to him. Tyler made promises to the mother that he would enroll her in school, help support her, and take care of her medical resources that her mother did not have. So it sounds like the father wasn't around. Yeah. And the mother didn't have a lot of money. It was obviously a huge Aerosmith fan. Yeah. So Basically sold her daughter to Stephen Tyler. So, one, he continued to travel uh, she continued to travel with a band and supply her with drugs, so he got her on drugs. Lovely. That's what she alleges. He pressured her into abortion Lovely. by threats. The lawsuit further alleges that Tyler intentionally publicized the acts of 
perforated uh, 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 on Muesli through multiple books that were published describing Muesli's. Nice. So nice this guy. is actually in his books. So no way he can deny it. Yeah. So okay. the only thing he can say is that it was consensual or that. Oh God, he's he's screwed. Yeah, he's in the screwed. 2011 memoir, does the noise in my head bother me? Tyler writes about being so in love he almost took a teen bride, <laughs> whom the book does not identify. Yeah. <laughs> I went and slept with her uh, with her at her parents' house for a couple of nights, and her parents fell in love with me and signed papers over to me to have custody, so I wouldn't get arrested if I took her out of state. I took her on tour with me. He wrote. Tyler's accuser said the publications re-traumatized her and her family. Mm. I am grateful of this new opportunity to take action and be heard, as they said in the statement. And various news sources have reached out, and Tyler has no comment. I'll bet. I don't know how you would have a comment on that. How you could rebut that. Concerning because his use of drugs during the 70s, there's no way he's a reliable witness on what he no, did or didn't do. No, and also it's in a book. Yeah. He fucking published it. Yeah. Oh, God. Jeez. That reminds me of uh, Ted Nugent did a similar thing. Yes, he did. He, uh, he wanted this 13-year-old girl and convinced her parents to sign to uh, make him her legal guardian. So then it became legal for him to do whatever he wanted to do. To me, it was a huge issue in the 70s that that's what you did. Yeah, and it's basically buying the child. Parents. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure he paid the parents, but it's... And it, it goes back to something I said in a previous podcast in 44 states. There's no legal minimum for marriage age as long as the parents are on board. So they can say, yeah, Ted Nugent, come marry my 13-year-old, and you can you know, court her every night of the and week in every state of the union. These people don't love the rock so much. They love the money yes. that much. Yes. Let's be honest here. Mm-hmm. You think if that rock star didn't have any money, let's say there's some guy down the road that plays really well and goes to the local fucking little... Uh, has three the, cents to yeah. his name. Yeah. yeah. They wouldn't look twice at him. No. They'd be like, get out of here, dirtbag. Mm-hmm. Take your fucking instrument with you. Just like look at an actor like Jack Nicholson. The way he looks and the way he acts and stuff. The only reason any woman of any kind of you know, decent attractiveness is with him is because he's rich and famous. Exactly. And it's so obvious to everybody, and I'm sure Jack Nicholson's like, I'll take it. You know, it's better than nothing. Yeah. You but, know, he, Jack Nicholson has the money run. Yeah. And the, and the famous run. Yeah. And it's so everywhere. It's he, he's like, hey, you want to go see a little whiff of celebrity? Game? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, um, fucking uh, Woody Harrelson's to my left and fucking Snoop Dogg's to my right, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. So all of a sudden, uh, Jane Whoever is like, that guy's pretty fucking hot. Yep. Yeah. So, you may you now know. own my daughter. Yes. Um, here is one that's a little bit lighter, and I really, really found disgusting but funny. <laughs> and it shows you, uh, this goes along the levels of what I was talking about. About um, politics. Yeah. Okay. Former President Donald Trump wanted to trademark the phrase rigged election. (laughs) After he lost the election in 2020, according to a newly released transcript of an interview his son in law, Jared Kushner, gave to the House Select Committee investigating the Capitol riot. So this guy was posturing, he knew all this shit was going on. And he was good with it. He was fine with it. Even though he may not have directly said, don't tear the place down. This shit was going on, and he's over there going, man, I wonder if I can fucking trademark that. 
probably. You know, when you trademark something, it becomes a slogan instead of an actual exactly. claim of yes. fact. Yeah. So, so they can tell Donald Trump, you can't keep lying about the rigged election, but if he trademarks the phrase rigged election, he can use it anywhere, anytime, as exactly. much as he wants, yes. and no one can say anything. Yes. That's I mean, for example, clever. I'm part of King Bridge, and I found out this is like a big thing in Kansas City. There's this bridge on Independence Avenue, who I've been suggested through my good friend Jeff, that we do an interview with the bridge. And I think that's a great idea. The bridge has killed many, many trucks, thousands oh, yes. of them over the years. Um, back in the early 70s, when I was just a little turd, um, I, uh, late 60s, I was born in 66, this bridge was there devouring trucks. It's a very low bridge, and it's been paved over many, many times, and there's lights flashing, but truck drivers refuse to acknowledge this. Yes. And they get can opener underneath this bridge. It's called the Bridge on Independence Avenue. There used to be one like that just north of the plaza. It was an old trolley bridge. Yeah, and they got rid and of it. And they got rid of it, but yeah. I remember seeing some trucks go barreling under that and just get hammered. And they oh, come yeah. to a stop so fast. It is, oh. Well, the, the website, the bridge, uh, the bridge on Independence Avenue, it's, a, it's actual Facebook. Uh, and the bridge has a Facebook. And every time it devours a truck, it puts it up there. And anyhow, so I started doing the hashtag Team Bridge. All of a sudden, I clicked on it, and there's thousands of people that have already been Team Bridge. Nice. Yeah. So, uh, oh, anyhow, Trump, this is what he wanted to do, like you said. According to a March 31st interview transcript, Published on Friday, Kushner uh, received an email from former White House aide Dan Scavino just a couple of days after the race was called in President Joe Biden's favor. Mm -hmm. The email was titled, POTUS Request, per the transcript, Kushner said, most likely conveyed a direct request from Trump. Per the, tran per the transcripts, the body of the email from Scavino says, Hey, Jared, POTUS wants to trademark slash own the rights to below. Don't know who to see or ask. I don't know who to talk to. Wow. Yeah. Two phrases were included in the bold statement, exclamation marks, which were rigged election and save America, PAC. Wow. Yeah. So, Kushner, who served as a senior advisor to his father-in-law, told the panel that he did not, did not recall the request or doing anything with it. An email later that day showed Kushner requesting that he had done ASAP. But, of course, is he going to get in trouble for perjury? No. He just simply forgot. You and I, we don't forget. We, no. don't, we, we get perjury. Yeah, we'll get popped. Yeah. yeah. A, a response that same day from uh, Eric Trump, his brother-in-law, said that both the uh, web URLs were brother-in-law to Kushner, mm -hmm. not to Trump, of course. A response that the same day from Eric Trump, his brother-in-law, said that both, that both web URLs were already registered according to the tra transcripts. So somebody already owns them. Uh, okay. Kushner told the panel that he couldn't recall Trump's intended uh, purpose for using the phrase rigged election adding that his role was operational and involved forwarding requests to the right people to transcript shows. Oh, see, I'm sure he was going to use that phrase to help widows and orphans, don't you? Yes, the poor guy. I can't, I can't believe they stopped it. Those horrible people. My gosh. Yeah. Well, on, a, on another minor Trump note, uh, yeah. there's something as scary I heard this morning, is uh, uh, the Republican House, Re Republican led 
House of Representatives is going to pick a Speaker of the House. Um, and that person is uh, third in line in succession. Oh, the you were talking about this right prior. Yeah, mm. okay. So if the vice, if president and vice president both get killed, Speaker of the House becomes president. Now, what I learned on the news this morning is the person who's named as Speaker of the House can be anybody. It doesn't have to be a representative. It doesn't have to be someone who's holding It can be anybody they want. Oh boy! So the House of Representatives could choose Donald Trump. I know exactly where you're going. Yeah. To be the Speaker of the House, and that puts him third line for presidency. And don't you think the President and Vice President would get murdered very quickly if Trump became Speaker of the House? Yeah, and they wouldn't have to do it themselves. No, one of Trump's the psychotic followers. Yeah, the fanatical people yeah. would go and do it for them. Yeah. And, oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even if I didn't, even if you didn't open that can of worms prior to the podcast, I would have thought the same thing. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things where you and I just be like, we see the writing on the wall. Yeah. Now, there was a TV show along these lines called Designated Survivor. It was... Uh, um, and maybe where they got the idea from. Don, uh, who's Donald? Kiefer Sutherland. He was he was the male lead, and he was some minor secretary of some cabinet post. But every time the president, vice president, and all of Congress gets together, they pick one person to be somewhere else, someone who's in line succession in case that whole building gets killed. And there's got to be somebody. Yeah, they got to have a packing order. Yeah, they it's can't just, let the entire government die in one spot. Yeah, it's just like the vice president has to be one area, yeah. and the president has to be another area anywhere. But in, and in this case, they were all together except for Keeper Sutherland. He was held separate, and then I mean, there are the entire building where they have to be together, but I right. mean, they generally they're not both in the air at the same time. No. But in this case, everybody was there—president, vice president, all the con all of the representatives, all the senators, except for King Sutherland. And, so and somebody blew up the building and oh, killed wow. everybody, and he was it. So he suddenly became president. But it's not that far fetched for Speaker of the House to be sitting there and President and Vice President get into a car crash or both contract the same deadly anthrax strain or yeah. something. Yeah. And their Speaker of the House sitting there is like, okay, I'm president again. Yep, yeah. <laughs> it could happen, people. It's hard to believe it that could happen. It legally happen. Wow. Yeah. That is a scary thought. We yeah, can get, it is. We can get Trumpy back. Pursuit for a real knee slapper. It's strange insults from an alien. Real hilarity. Don't be ashamed of who you are. That's your parents' job.
to douchebagsandmicrophone.net. You're one stop for douchebaggery. You want to write us? You want to say something to us? You want to look for a live button? When we go live, you can call in. All of this stuff is right there for your ear holes and eye holes. You got it, chumps. It's all yours. Two douchebags and microphone.net is up and running. Hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button. Did you miss us? Of course they did. Of course they missed us. Well, we hope you had a good piss or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, Satan was on here talking about how he enjoys listening to our show. Yeah. Or or strange insults from an alien or whatever the fuck that idiot Mark puts in there. We need to get Joe Buck doing a promo for us. Oh, yeah. That would go very well. I hear it would be like, two deuce rags with a microphone. Yay. That's about as much emotion as he puts into it. Yeah. And Troy Aikman would be in the background going, yeah, and that's the thing. I agree with that. <laughs> that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So here, here, here's how the promo go. Here's Joe Buck. Yeah, two douchebags microphone. I like it. Oh yeah, and that's the thing. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. There you go. The Tony Romo version. Yeah, well, see, you got the douche douchebags here, and then the and then they were gonna, and well, the microphone came over, and then, and, but but it happened over this way, and then I, uh, uh, I dated Jessica Simpson. But, but Travis Kelsey teabagged somebody, which is Christopher's getting ready to go into. That was so, that was so awesome yesterday. <laughs> the Chiefs Broncos early in the game. Uh, we had to watch it on replay a couple times. Kelsey catches the ball and tries to hurdle a uh, Broncos defender named Mathis, I think. Yeah. And he, he smacks the guy right in the head with his testicles. Oh, and he went out. <laughs> he he left about, the game. Travis Kelsey's got fucking steel for balls. Because that guy went out of the game with a concussion, and he did have a concussion. They yep. said he had a concussion. Well, Travis Kelsey's balls are still out there fucking playing. Teabagged him into a concussion. <laughs> you don't think Kelsey's tough? <laughs> I wonder on their podcast if uh, if uh, Jason Kelsey's going to mention that. Hey, well, man, how's your balls? <laughs> because they do still playing like grass. I need to listen to it all the way through, but I've heard excerpts of the show, and they yeah. are pretty fun loving. I'll bet. Yeah. So no one can rip you apart like your brother. Nope, and, and, and actually be so truthful when they do it. Either, yes. You know? So, because essentially what their brother is saying is, yeah, this is me too. Yeah. So I know this to be true. We grew up together, so I can call BS on you anytime, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. so, uh, anyhow, um, go ahead. You want to expand on that a little bit? Uh, well, I, I've noticed a lot of games getting really physical against the Chiefs. In the past, and I, will, then, I will give them that, even though I call bullshit on them on everybody's Super Bowl. Yeah, um, and I think it's our style of defense that's Spagnuolo style. Yeah, because they do try to intimidate. I mean, you got big Chris Jones in there screaming and mm-hmm. hands up in there, and Dunlop coming in from the corners. Yeah, and, and, and you know, and then Bolton is there. I mean, I get it. They are harassing. Yes, they are uh, <laughs> um, in your face. That so, would be. I'm, I'm glad with it. Chiefs defense is becoming a nightmare for everybody else. I am too because it's actually starting to look uh, very dusty. Yeah. It's it's actually starting to look much better. It is. 
So, so yeah, I've, I've been seeing all this physical play by other teams trying to, you know, clobber the Chiefs and beat them yeah, down yeah. And, and watching Kelsey do that I think and just strut off the field afterwards. It was just, I, I loved it. I think the wording is probably something like, the only way you're going to stop these guys is to hurt. Uh-huh. I, I can see that. Yeah. And I, then I she's just like, that didn't hurt. <laughs> Try again. get done to the ground <laughs> unmercifully so many times. Oh, yeah. I can't believe, like, the out-of-bounds hit that was not there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and the, the announcer said, like, oh. stopping him and then just fucking threw him to the ground. It's like, wait a minute. Yeah. Uh-uh. And the announcers passed it off as acting on the part of Mahomes. No, it wasn't. No. Uh-uh. So, because Mahomes didn't protest. He didn't go, hey, look. No. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, so, no, I, I, uh, I think that part of the play by play and commentary is to, if you find a little notch, go with it. Yeah. And that's what they do. They found a little notch. Go, oh, it was just acting. They probably knew it wasn't true, but it was a stance. Yeah. So, anyhow. So, I, I, I'm anticipating next week when the Chiefs finish the season against the Raiders, the Raiders are going to be out to injure. I think yes. we're going to see a lot of yeah, love attempts to, to injure the Chiefs yes. in this coming game. So. In which I think that they really need to get their shit together and try to play every phase of their game and try to get the game under wraps early so mm. everybody else can exit. Yes. Get the starters off the field by the fourth quarter. Because um, if, if we have one game left, and tonight is Cincinnati and Buffalo. That's going to be fun. So either way, the Chiefs have to win out. Yeah. Because Cincinnati and Buffalo have both beat us head to head, which is concerning. It is. Yeah, that's. And there's the, one they team that's behind us. us by one game, and one game is dead even. Yeah. So the only way we're going to beat Buffalo is if they lose one, which they very well could against Cincinnati. So that gets them out of the number one spot, but puts them in the number two spot. Cincinnati, if they win, that gets them out of the number three spot and puts them in the number two spot. So either one, if we lose the next game, we will probably be in the number three spot. Yeah. But because both teams would have to lose, and if we lose, then you know, then Cincinnati be one game back, but we're still going to be in the number two spot. What we're aiming for is the number one spot. We don't want to play the bye week for one team, and we don't want to uh, um, have a risk of getting injured. Yeah. So, um, well, I was trying to figure out the playoff seeding since we have the extra playoff, the extra wild card team. So the number one seed gets a bye. So the first week, two plays seven, three yes. plays six, and yes. four plays five. So two, three, and four seeds will host a game. Yes. So even if we get knocked to the third seed, we'll still host. We will probably host a game because we yeah. can't go lower than third. Yeah. Because San Diego right now, I think, is the fourth seed wild card, the first wild card. Right? Yeah. The three division winners. No. No. First fifth, wild card is fifth seed. Fifth seed, I mean. Yeah. Because you got Baltimore, I think, even though they lost last night. I think if they win their last game, they're in line. Yeah. I don't think San Diego can't take over their spot because in that a division. The AFC South, everybody's got a losing record. That's right. That's so right. only one team. Jacksonville for yeah. uh, Tennessee, but it looks like Jacksonville right now. Yeah. And uh, it, they'd be battling with Miami, I think, for that uh, fifth. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it'd be fifth because you have four divisions. But so, as the third seed, chances are on the second playoff weekend, you're on the road. Yeah. So yes. that's so, why the Chiefs need to be one or two. So 
Miami or Jacksonville cannot get ahead of the Chiefs record-wise. So the Chiefs would be locked in at third, so they would play a home game. Yeah, first-round home game. Yeah, first-round home game. But after that, if, you know, if everyone else gets eliminated... There's two teams you would have to go to in face. Yeah, because they always put the lowest available with the highest available. Yeah, and that's another So one would play four, two would play three, and four three were the visiting team. Yes. Yikes. Yeah. So anyhow, the whole teabagging thing, that was pretty interesting. That was, it showed some attitude. (laughs) I shall knock you over with my testicles. Also, I mean, Mathis or whatever his name was, he didn't do anything to try to divert himself. No. He was trying to hurt Kelsey, and he yeah. ended up getting hurt. Yeah. Whether he was trying to spear him in the nuts or not, I don't know. Yeah. That's kind of a Raiders thing to do, spear with the top of the helmet. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, the Broncos, they just like to put some sort of a slicky substance on their, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, on their um, uniforms. Yeah. <laughs> the Raiders are just complete. You know, I mean, they got to do a... Uh, a study on them for like a half a year to make sure that they're discussing enough people together. <laughs> so, and then the only decent person, probably person wise, they're not, they're sitting out. And yeah. Derek Carr, he's a pretty decent guy. You think they're going to dump him on the offseason? Yes. That's the whole idea behind Just it. get rid of him. Yeah. They don't want him getting injured so they can trade him for something. And the whole thing is, is this right here, they, they, from what I understand is they've only went to the playoffs two times under his, like, what, 11 seasons or whatever, 10 seasons, mm-hmm. yeah. two, five years, something like that, two, five years. Went on his 11th season. His uh, stats aren't that bad, but they only went to the playoffs twice, and they didn't win either one of them. But from what I understand, that's Josh McDaniel's big thing on him is, is he's not a winner. Huh. I don't think Josh McDaniels is a winner either. No, I don't either. <laughs> not, with, not without Bill Belichick, not with Daddy Belichick at the helm. He's not a winner. You know, I Never think. Has been. I think the with with Mahomes and on the Chiefs, the other teams in the division have to realistically look at being good enough to be a wild card. Yes. So like saying, they need yeah, to I build mean, the Raiders. Yeah, yeah, I do that too. Yeah. They need to build the Raiders to be a good wild card team that can win on the road. Yeah. Thing is, Until is Mahomes is no longer so dominant, yeah. then they yeah. can go back to trying to be. Look, vision. Sean Payton retired because he did get Mahomes, and I don't think it's a big secret. Mm. He, what, I forgot what show he was on, but I was listening to it, and he, he basically said he, he uh, him, Sean Payton, and I forgot who. General manager, maybe over there down in New Orleans. Yeah, I can't remember his name. They snuck to Texas. Uh, uh, college Station, I think, is where Texas Tech is out. They stuck down so, there for yeah. an hour and a half, <laughs> watched him throw a little bit, talked to him. They came back and decided they were going to pick him. But then they had no idea that Andy Reid and company had been scouting him, too. Yeah. When they went up in the draft, just right ahead in New Orleans, because they knew New Orleans looked at him somehow. So wow. when they did that, when they came up, he looked in and he goes, Get Lattimore, we just lost Mahomes. Yeah. And so he didn't get Mahomes, so he doesn't have the heir apparent to Drew Brees. So he just was like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go to a better situation. Supposedly, that better situation could be Denver. I don't know. It could be. You know, he's really good with quarterbacks, obviously. I've heard that Denver's also been talking to Jim Harbaugh. 
that was the other one, Jim Harbaugh and also uh, uh, Sean Payton coming out of retirement. Yeah. But the whole thing is, is they, I, from what I read now, who knows if any of this is true. They wanted Sean Payton, but they're not sure they can talk him out of retirement yet. Yeah. He, he expressed an interest, the right team at the right time he made. Mm-hmm. Kind of like Bruce were, Arians did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, exactly like Bruce Arians did. Well, I saw the graphic they put up on Russell Wilson's cap hit for the next seven years. Who would want to pardon that? That's probably, I know. That's that's probably why they went to Jim Harbaugh. It's like, you want to come back to the NFL? Because, yeah, that's that's like both both arms and one foot tied behind your back. Yeah. I think it's $17 million this year, $23 million next year, $35 million the year after that, and then for the next four years, $50 million plus. Hey, Denver fans, we have a ton of you guys. You guys know you listen. Um, send me um, two douchebags and a microphone. Send uh, .net, two douchebags and a microphone .net. Exactly how you would spell that all bunched together. Yeah. Two douchebags and a microphone. One word, .net. Not the one word. Yeah. Two douchebags and a microphone is <laughs> one word. Yes. .net. Send us uh, your feelings on this. I'd love to hear it. We're football fans foremost. Mm-hmm. We want to hear how you guys feel about Russell Wilson and who you would like to take over. And we'll read these. Uh, we'll read your responses on here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the outgoing coach had unkind well, things to say about Russell Wilson and his abilities and his focus and his dedication. Yeah. So that makes me concerned that it's not just Hackett screwing up and didn't know how to use Wilson, that Wilson is actually just uh, how Carl, the house of cards. Yeah, and if you send me an email, I'll even do something like this. When we're getting ready to go on air, I will send you an email with a phone number, and you can call us and tell oh, us yeah. your displeasure or pleasure. Listen, great. we love Denver. We don't love the Broncos, obviously, and no. we know you don't love the Chiefs. Yeah. Okay, and that's fine. That's NFL. But I love, love visiting Denver. Denver. People yeah. at Denver are nice, and you know what? Hey. You've got a kick-ass snow removal system, that's for sure. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it always freaks me out whenever I get there and I look up at the sky and it looks like you can almost touch it so much closer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Um, another another thing I saw was uh, who was the outgoing coach at Indy before uh, Saturday took over? Oh, shit. Was it Frank Reich? Right. Yeah. yeah. He came out Another saying, former uh, player. Yeah. And he came out with just nothing but bad things to say about Matt Ryan. Oh, I know. He hates him. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how can a guy like Matt Ryan have a decent amount of success in Atlanta all these years, switch to Indy, and suddenly become the biggest douchebag? He actually had success there. Yeah. He had, his passer rating was not horrible. And he had a lot of yards, and he had touchdowns, interception radio that was good. But think, that would be his he had a losing rating. record, but he had a losing record. He's not the whole team. No, he's not the whole team. Yeah, but I think it's it's something that I don't remember I seeing. I think it's a before. personality. Yeah, but it's something I don't remember seeing before. Is head coaches actually coming out and trashing the team they just got fired from, or he specific did. players by name? That used to be a player deal. Only players would trash the yeah. head coach. And then people go, well, we don't want them. He's a bad team. Yeah. And then when coaches do that, I find that really low budget. It's interesting because it used to be if a coach did that, you know, you'll never work again. But any more of these coaches are like, you know what? I don't care if I don't work again. I'm saying it. 
Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm getting the word out there that the team sucked not because of me, but because, you know, the quarterback couldn't quit playing Call of Duty. Well, what I heard about Matt Ryan for a long time is including a Super Bowl loss if they were up by double digits at yes. halftime uh-huh. against uh, the Patriot led Tom, the Tom Brady led Patriots. Mm-hmm. Was he's not a team player. Uh, but I don't know if that's true, of course. That could be sent out by anybody. That could have been sent out by a hater or someone that like That's uh, true. Yeah. You know, it's up to us to hear that and then decide whether or not it's justified or possible or whatever. But I can see that. Yeah. I'm I can see him going for personal stuff. Sure. Okay. And I wondered this yesterday. Okay. Now all of a sudden Green Bay has a decent shot at hitting the playoffs. Isn't that weird? Yes, it is. <laughs> they were four and eight and all but dead. Yeah. Suddenly they won every game since. Some of them were help from Rodgers, but yeah. he didn't do anything to screw up their chances. You so know, they're eight and eight now. Yeah, they're eight and eight. If they go nine and eight, if they win the next game, which they very well easily could, because their defense is really playing lights out. Yeah. If they beat the Vikings, they didn't just kind of beat them, they beat the shit out of them. Yeah. <laughs> the Vikings so, look so good for a while. Yeah. So they might very well make the playoffs. Yeah. If they make the playoffs, okay, for him, for him as an Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. to stay in Green Bay, do they have to be in the championship game and before he's gone? If they go one and out, is he gone? What do they have to do if they make the playoffs? If they don't make the playoffs, I think he's gone. Yeah, yeah, okay. I'll, I'll say, yeah, if they miss the playoffs, I think he goes. If they lose in the first round of the playoffs, I think he goes. Uh-huh. If they do well in the playoffs and look competitive and just kind of gets weaked out, he might stay. If they go to the Super Bowl and lose, he'll go. If they go to the Super Bowl and win, they'll go. I think the only way he stays is if they make it deep into the playoffs and he believes this team can do it again. And they just kind of get, you know, last-minute fluke, oh, that happened and we're knocked out. But if they go in and stink it up, he's probably going to be like, screw this, I'm going somewhere else. You hit what I was thinking almost exactly. I look at it as... I think it's a mindset thing. Uh-huh. Right part uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to do what reflects best on Aaron Rodgers exactly. without regard for the team. Mm-hmm. So if he's like, you know, hey, I can do it again next year and be the hero, then he'll stay. Well, like, Otherwise, boom, he's Like out. we were saying, the shine's off of him and has been for a while, and now yeah. it's Brady's turn, and the shine's starting to come off of him. Yeah. So, yeah, we know that Aaron Rodgers is for Aaron Rodgers. You know what I think would be funny? What? Okay, let's say this... The Packers make the playoffs. Oh, and also, this is not necessarily a dog. You have to be in life for yourself, otherwise you're not going to succeed. Yeah, true. So, anyhow, go ahead. I'm sorry. Like they say, if you don't think your life is worth more than somebody else's, sign your donor card and kill yourself. Yes. Yeah. Honestly, if you don't think your life is worth more. That, yeah. Anyway, well, I've got um, people on Facebook that like, I'm not even going to go into it, but I just want to like fucking just go, go ahead and do it. Just fucking do it yeah. and shut up. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry. I can see the Packers make the playoffs and then get blown out by the 49ers in the first round. I could too. And then next season, Brady is playing for the 49ers. And um, Aaron Rodgers is playing for... Patriots? Either I was going to say either the Patriots 
or uh, the Cowboys. Yeah, I could see that. If it's if he stays in the division, if he stays in the conference, so and here's why: they've got a huge contract with Dak Prescott. They would have to unload on somebody. But they are the most valuable franchise in the NFL. They were they were valued at eight, over eight billion. Yeah, yeah. Whereas most of I'm the teams is, around is, the three billion mark. I don't know if there's a team that's going to take on that type of a salary for Dak. Yeah. But because I could see I don't Jerry think that Jones. Makes you a perennial winner right off the bat. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it would be difficult to make it work. But I could see Aaron Rodgers wanting to go to, to Dallas well, the, and still the, be able to play uh, in the, the NFC. Maybe the Texans or somebody might take him or something. I mean, just Dak, right, up the, yeah. right up the hill there. There's a Dak, and they need a quarterback. So yeah. um, I could see. Uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the Patriots for a couple of years while Bill Belichick drafts that guy like he thought he had Mac Jones but probably yeah. doesn't. So, I don't know. Um, so, okay, let's say it's the Patriots against uh, uh, 49ers. And then would, and Brady would, against his old team. Would Brady get over him again? Get over on him again? With that defense? Maybe so. Maybe so. Maybe so. I don't think the Patriots are. I mean, the Patriots right now against the 49ers right now, I'd think I'd take the 49ers. Oh, I would, with, without a doubt. Yeah. So both teams, you know, would but, change, but the Niners and the, the Patriots would have to. Chauncey Purdy started to show a little, bit. Bit of, uh, a little bit of smear on the shine. Yeah. He's not looking as great as he did. They definitely need Garoppolo back. And with Garoppolo, they're still a flawed team. Yeah. McCaffrey helps for a lot of that, but. Garoppolo is not the kind of guy that can throw a fucking diamond in a goat's ass. He yeah. cannot just fucking laser him in there. He's yeah. got a good arm, but not a great arm. He reminds me of kind of Alex Smithish. Yeah, yeah, Once I can see that. Once you get past 25 yards, kind of iffy. Yeah. And, you know, the, the whole idea with McCaffrey is a, a, a running attack opens up the passing attack, but only if they can't stop the running attack. Exactly. And once they, you know, after the first quarter or so, they've got McCaffrey kind of figured out. Once you get and they the kind of slow down and, and, and Super Bowlish teams, that's when you're going to run into problems. Yeah. Because these teams are obviously well coached and have a lot of talent on their team. Yeah. So they're not going to sit back and go, well, okay, we're going to let McCaffrey have 150 yards, but we're going to stop whoever, Garoppolo or whatever. It's going to be like, no, we're going to stop McCaffrey first and we're going to make Garoppolo do it. Yeah. Because that's what the Chiefs did. To win yeah. the Super Bowl against them is, and this year too, when we played it, we destroyed them second half. Yeah, and that's because they shut down every available opportunity, and Garoppolo cannot do it with his arm. Yeah, yeah, Garoppolo looked like he's puking in his helmet there towards the end he of the game. He pretty much did. Uh, he, he was like me on muscle relaxers and stomach foot. Yeah, but you know, honestly, looking at the Chiefs and the way they're playing, especially this this last month. They're looking to me like a team that's not going to survive the playoffs. Oh, I know. They they screw up way too often and have to claw their way out of their own holes. Yeah, the problem is is they're so busy stepping on their own foot. Yes. You can't do that in the playoffs. I I hope we're completely wrong and they're just like getting it together and just kind of lose face right now. But... I don't see a very disciplined team there in a lot of areas. Right, yeah. Especially, and Dave Tobe has been so phenomenal with special teams. Yeah. I don't understand it. I don't think he suddenly became a horrible coach. I don't know what's going on there. Well, for one, 
uh, like a good friend of mine, James, who does listen, uh, he put on uh, on one of my posts yesterday, one of my rants about the Chiefs. Is, uh-huh. um, he said that he thought that um, Buck, Bucker has not been the same since his injury. Yeah, I can see that. I never even really posed that. I never even thought about that. I was like, well, they got him on the field, so he must be better. They just don't have everyone else. There's, there was one team earlier this season that was on. It was the regular season, and they were on their third kicker, and they had and he sucked, and they had no one else. Well, it's, it's just they're like, harder to find. Well, it's like, weird. Like James uh, said, is this right here? I'm sure they're examining all options, and he's right. Yeah. 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 But you know, when Justin hey, Reed, tell Chevron we love them, James. Yeah. <laughs> when uh, he works for him. When Butker originally rolled his ankle, Justin Reed, the safety or corner came in and kicked for him and did a good job. Mm-hmm. Is that no longer an option? I don't know, because he did so well. That he did, right. yeah, he did great. Yeah. Oh, by the way, James, um, tell Chevron that the Filthy Bean wants to talk to him. They want to send him some good packs. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. We should get a Filthy Rick, Bean. Rick, I'm just joking. Get Rick a Filthy listens, Bean poster. I better, better pre- <laughs> No, you know what? Rick knows our humor. Yeah. Uh, anyway, Rick of the filthy bean. He's not legally bound by anything we say anyway. No, so. no, no, no. No, <laughs> no he, he gives us some coffee packs and stuff like that, which is fine. Yes. We love his coffee. He's a great guy, and we're glad that we're able to work something out to where we get a little something, and so does he. Those beans are pretty filthy. Yes, they are. Very, very filthy bean. <laughs> what do you say? Google image it so you can see the yeah, cherry inside yeah, the place. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really nice looking place. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, you're going to love it. You're going to fall in love when you see the filthy bean. Yeah. Google image it. It's great. That'd be great on your screensaver. Yes, it would. Yeah. It would. Yeah. Yeah, especially over back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, anyhow, um, do you know what cryopreservation is? There's, there's two things I've heard of. One is where they convince people to freeze their bodies or at least their heads so they can be brought back to life later. And the other one is more of a preservation thing. I know there are freezer banks in the Antarctic that have like all of the different seeds for our important food crops in case there's a, a blight or something and we need some of the original seeds back. So it's a way to, to stockpile something in a frozen state and keep it safe. Okay. Am I yeah. on the mark? Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> I get it? Yeah, no, no, no. You get it. You did get it. You okay. did get it. So, okay. But this is along the same lines, but something totally different that they're dealing with now. I mean, they're no longer freezing the temple in his head. Oh, yeah. Crack that poor guy's melon open. Yeah. The power um, went out. Or Walt Disney, if that's true. Yeah. Okay, uh, cryopreservation is what you said, and also it involves collecting small pieces of coral from the Great Barrier Reef and freezing them with liquid nitrogen. Oh, yes. So if the, yeah, so if the coral dies off, they've got something to seed it. Exactly, the same, the same thing, only, and the coral is a living organism, yeah, in case yeah. anyone's wondering. I think most of you people are uh, educated enough to know this. So, I mean, after all, you do listen to people's bags and microphones. you got to be smart. You have to. <laughs> the coral was then thawed and transplanted onto a damaged section of the reef in the hope that it would survive and grow. In 2020, the scientists at the Australian Institute of Marine Science conducted a trial of coral cry- uh, cryopreservation and... Uh, why do I have trouble with that word? <laughs> and have been attempted on a large scale in the field. 
The trail was uh, part of a larger research project called the Great Barrier Reef Restoration and Adaptation Program, which is aimed at finding ways to protect and restore the Great Barrier Reef in the face of climate change and other threats like the lionfish. Yeah. You know, the lionfish eats coral. That's part of the problem. Oh, yeah, there are a number of coral-eating fish. all the fish species and coral and everything. Yeah. And there's so many of them. They're from uh, Southwest Asia. I think so, and yeah. And they were brought over here as an algae eater. And when they made it in the ocean, they adapted and started, they didn't just eat algae anymore. Yes. And they're very invasive and nothing hunts them. Nothing wants to, except people. Yeah, they're they're covered with spines with a really bad toxin. Yeah. And you know, there's no way to even touch them without getting stung. Yeah. So, so people, uh, hunt people them with a spear do gun. like to eat them. Yeah, they're, they're just delicious. Yeah, fish. so... The thing is, is they need to, they're trying to convince more restaurants to have this on the menu yeah. to where people will hunt them and then, you know, and then skin them and, you know, whatever. Gosh, imagine there's a lot of liability issues involved with handling and transporting such a, a hazardous fish until you get it to the state. I think the problem. You know, cut the head like and all the spines off and they're or something, safe. no big deal. Yeah. yeah so. Got to make them safe before you truck them across to your family grocery store. <laughs> yes, and I think that the expense and all that is actually what's keeping it probably in the uh, baby stages of what they're doing or what they're trying yeah, right. yeah. So this project, I think that all these countries that are involved need to just ante up and pay for hunts. Yeah. Pay per fish. Yeah, put a bounty on the fish yeah, for 50, a while. 50 cents a fish or whatever, you know, you want to get rich, go out there and grab all these lionfish. Yeah. So, anyhow, the project has helped the reefs, but may not work on all species of the coral reefs. It is also very expensive to perform as well, and has helped preserve the uh, genetic diversity of coral species. Yeah. Which is very essential in keeping the reefs like they are, mm -hmm. which can help ensure long-term survival of these species and the ecosystems that support it. So, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool that they are doing that, and it's really cool that... Uh, that it's working to some degree, but the problem is, is the expense, and it doesn't work on all species. Yeah. So I think it, this is a foundation of what's to come. It's yeah, like, yeah. All right, been... we've had some relative success with this, so we got a couple things we got to do. We got to figure it out better, easier, and streamline. Yeah. Somehow. And then start I opening think, it up for a lot of other species. That I, I think that combined with getting the uh, live fish out of the ocean is another. Yeah. Or at least thin an amount to where they can't do the damage that they've done. But also there's other factors, too, and that would be, like, you know, climate change, warming the sea, uh, which probably cause a disease of, uh, this isn't the Caribbean, of course, but the North Atlantic and the crabs, millions of crabs that are gone now. Yeah. They all died. And the reason they died is probably because the water is too warm and went to some bacteria is what they're thinking. Yeah, about. the chemical balance changes, yeah. the... Flora and fauna changes. Yeah, the crab that they do have are way to the north now, and nowhere near where they used to uh, fish them. Yeah. And then, you know, the, the surgence of extra lion, lionfish means that's changed something else, and then that change changes something else. It just It's like a whole chain. It's a chain reaction. Then you're going to get multiple uh, effects from from all these events, and some will accelerate their others, you know, it's yeah, like this and this compound together, and all of a sudden we've got a, a big change on our hands. Some of the foods and the things we really like could disappear. 
Well, that's already happening C-wise. Yeah. You know, so. right. Anyhow, stay tuned for something a little bit different here. Secret ass eaters. <laughs> Hey, where'd everybody go? Where the douchebags? Hmm. Oh my god, someone took a dump in the corner. Oh jeez. Ugh, glad they're gone. Let's just hope they don't come back. Whew. Man, that smells. 